T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Up to LaFontaine, he gets tripped up, gets it to May, and over the line. Here's May going in on goal, he shoots, he The great Rick Jenneret with the call on one of the greatest goals in Sabres franchise history. And yes, Boston is the team of focus, our team of the day today here on August 2nd. Can you feel it, Duffer? I have like my hair just stood right out on my arm right now, just watching it and hearing the great RJ call on that one. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's why like when people on Twitter are like Lucic Miller, Lucic Miller, I'm like, come on, people. Let's be positive here. What about Mayday? That's the number one moment, in my opinion, between the Sabres and the Boston Bruins in their history. Well, it helped immediately erase the seven-game loss the year before to Boston, and it helped soften the blow from Brad Park a decade earlier, also a seven-game loss to the Bruins. And it was interesting because the Bruins won the division that year. They were 23 points better than the Sabres, and Buffalo entered the postseason on a seven-game losing streak, and they had lost the last four head-to-head meetings with the Bruins. However, they were a top-five offensive team in the league. Of course, it was 92-93, the year of 1450 goal scorers, the year of 76 goals from McGillney and Solani. So when the series began... This is the stuff that I want people to remember when it comes to Mayday and Buffalo and Boston was that there were so many heroes among this group very early on. And we just saw evidence of that in the overtime winners. And it started in the garden with a guy who was as much synonymous as, you know, a Bruin than he certainly was as a Sabre. And yeah. that was Bob Sweeney. And from that moment on against Andy Moog, I mean, you you could just feel it instantly. They would get a sterling performance from Grant Fuhrer in game two, which was a shutout win. And then ultimately the series comes back home. And keep in mind, they had traded Dave Andrichuk already, but guys like Yuri Himalev and Bob Sweeney were stepping up. So they yep. get another overtime win in game three in front of all the fans at the odd. And man, this is the best part of it. And you and I have relived this, couple of years ago when we did rebroadcasts of uh, 
of the Sabres games. And, you know, the enthusiasm in LaFontaine's celebration, knowing they were now oh. on the cusp of winning a series for the first time in 10 years. That's kind of the big story, which was why RJ's call what it was, what it was right after the whole mayday portion. And then you get to game four and you're down five to two in that game. And obviously it's looking like, Oh boy, now the series is going to go back to Boston, but it didn't because after allowing a goal on his first shot, Hashik was perfect the rest of the way in relief of Grant Fuhrer. And you had a stunning third period comeback, two goals in less than a minute. And it all set up mayday. I mean, Marty, when you, when you see stuff like this, it just reminds you of what the whole team dynamic is all about, right? Oh, absolutely. And this is one of those, like, McGillney scored, and uh, was it uh, him and maybe got one, too? But, yep. I mean, it just – it was – it was the, – the, the Sabres of that year, 93, was a special team. Um, you talk about them getting down, they're la- losing their last seven, but being able to overcome that and win four in a row and only – only to lose to Montreal. Montreal was a team of destiny in 93, obviously, with all their overtime win. But that was a fantastic year. The fans were into it. Uh, they had a lot of talent. And I remember playing Sega 93 high NHL on, you know, on on the Sega, whatnot. And, and it was like the Sabres were good. They were great. You wanted the Sabres. They had all the skills and the tools. That's the team you wanted. So that's why I remember that team very well. Well, unfortunately, and I won't agree with you that Montreal was, I mean, I guess history would show that it ended up being a team of destiny, but it it could have easily been Buffalo. The Sabres won four times in seven days against the Bruins, three of them in overtime. They promptly turned around and lost four games in seven days to Montreal, three of them in overtime, and all of them by the same 4-3 score. So the margin for error was so small all the way through. And that's the frustrating part. And more frustrating is the fact that McGillney and LaFontaine were unavailable as that next series went on due to injury. And what's never to be forgotten in the history of late, great Dale Howard Chuck is if you watch, look at game film, box score, whatever you want to do, his desire to lift and save that Sabres season in the second round, every single tying goal in that series against Montreal, where they were almost always behind, even though they were out shooting Montreal every game, while grossly outplayed Fuhrer, unfortunately, yeah. Howard Chuck either scored or set up every tying goal. And often it was two goals down. And it was uncanny that with only one real big marquee name, he was there every single time. It, it, was, it was so sad when it ended because it- of the heroic effort by Dale. I told you people would be listening today. My friend Dave texts me and he says, hey, Fuhrer was hurt and Hasek would have beat them if they would have put Dom in that. Dom, so Dom, that never played a, Dom never played another minute in the playoffs after winning game yeah. four. And he's the only goalie to ever be on the ice for series clinching wins against the Bruins. He beat him in 99, the whole series, yeah. and won game four. No other Buffalo and goalie he, has beaten the Boston And he came in Bruins in relief in game four because Fuhrer got pulled. Right. They were down and then Dom, like, made saves like Dom Wood and the Sabres came back to have the made a moment, but didn't play a minute against Montreal. Fuhr was banged up. Uh, and, you know, Mux just rolled with Fuhr Z. That was his yeah. guy and never made the change. Yeah. So what stands out for you? The more you talk about Buffalo and Boston. Well, first of all, it's the, you know, obviously the Adams division rivalry from the eighties uh, and, you know, the early nineties. Uh, that was, that was big. Um, when I joined the Sabres, 
obviously my first full season, 99-2000. I got to experience that that rivalry really quickly. Uh, there was always, I don't want to call them fights or scrums or whatever, but there was always an energy that was like you knew you were in for something that night. I remember skating down the ice one year and trying to get to John Graham, who was with the Boston Bruins back then. It's a good thing I never got to him because I think I would have gotten really hurt because John Graham was really tough. Um, but I remember a scoreless tie in the January of 2000. When people say, oh my goodness, why did they change all of that? Like we had a scoreless tie in 2000. Me and Byron Defoe, I made 39 save, by the way, Duffer, that, that game. Defoe only made 21, I think. Uh, but yeah, like how boring is that when you go to a game and go and get a scoreless tie? You go home 0-0. Zero, zero, both teams at the end of the night. So that's why some things had to be changed. That's why three on three is in. That's why the shootout is in. But uh, I remember playing in that game in Boston and that was my first scoreless tie in my career. I think I got two more, one against Ottawa and one against Pittsburgh. Uh, I imagine that three scoreless tie in my career. How boring is that? It adds to the total. They don't ask. <laughs> don't ask how. They only ask how many. Did so you win? Got... How many goals did you give up today? Zero. Zero. Did you guys win? <laughs> nope. We didn't win. We tied. Like, come on. Like, that can't happen. Um, so that's one of my moments that I remember early in my career, my first full season to the Buffalo Sabres. Then let's fast forward to 2004. And this is interesting because... Um, Jeff Gilson, and people are going to say, why is this story starting with Jeff Gilson? But Jeff Gilson just got traded from Boston to Buffalo about a month before. We're in Boston. We, it's 2-2. We go to overtime. The time is clear, like the time is down to nothing. There's 10 seconds in the game, and Boston comes in on a two-on-one. Nylander and Knubel against Jeff Gilson. Jeff Gilson still had a yellow Eastern hockey stick. Passes goes underneath Jeff Gilson's skates. Uh, from Nylander to uh, to Mike Knubel. Knubel scores. So it's a 3-2 overtime. It really didn't matter. You know why it didn't matter? Because we weren't fighting Boston for a playoff spot. We were fighting other teams. And we would never have gone up the ice and scored and gathered that second point. There was no shootout at the time. So a 2-2 tie or a 3-2 overtime loss was the same thing. But after the goal, and if you watch it on MSG, you see Jeff Gilson and me just sitting on the ice looking at each other. Jeff Gilson got up. And was angry that he was the one beaten on the play and he was his former teammates. He got up and I'm still sitting on the, on the ice kind of looking around. He got up and then he took a full hack at the post and he broke his stick about like three inches above my head. It was literally going to be the Keith Ballard, Thomas Volkun hit to the head. Remember that one in Florida, that Volkun got cut. I missed some games. Like, that was years before that. And Jeff Jolson almost took my head off after allowing a pass across. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm yelling at him. Like, you almost killed me here. And he just skated off the ice. Jeff Jolson was a good guy, but he lost a little bit of uh, judgment on that on that specific uh, instance. There's so much history to get into. The most recent playoff one was 2010. The Sabres won game one. They won the division that year. They were the better team than Boston, allegedly, based on the regular season. And after winning game one, Thomas (laughs) Vanek was slashed by Johnny Boychuk in the first period of game two. The series was forever altered. Buffalo would lose 5-3. They would lose 2-1. They would lose 3-2 in double overtime on Miro Stan's game four winner. This was a series-changing moment because Vanek was clearly Buffalo's most productive player. 
And as I referenced earlier, he was dynamite against the Boston Bruins in the course of his career. Vanek would come back only in game six to get the final goal of the series, giving Buffalo a chance in the very last minute to salvage it. But what was stunning about this whole turn of events, Vanek injury notwithstanding, the Sabres blew two two goal leads early in the series and lost two of the games when leading after two. They were 30 oh. and oh in the regular season when leading after two. There wasn't even an overtime loss blemish. They were yeah. perfect. And unfortunately, that's the last image that we have of Buffalo Boston when it comes to the playoffs. And it's just so frustrating because I think, you know, for all, and you know, I'm a huge Vanek fan, but. There, this was just another re-education for me. His history against the Bruins, all-time Sabers, the point leaders are Perot, Andrichuk, and Vanek. Points mm-hmm. per game leaders: Lafontaine, Briere, Tuck. Small sample. Rene Robert, Thomas Vanek. How about this one for his lack of defensive acumen? Regardless of whether you like the stat or not, plus-minus in the history against the Bruins. Obviously, Bill Height because he was like plus 40 every year of his career. <laughs> Thomas Vanek, the best Buffalo forward, plus minus wise ever in Sabre history against the Bruins. Like there was just, yeah. um, he had his five point game in Boston in 2013. He just was there. And this was the arch rival and Van never shied from it. And I love it. It's just one more reason for me to love him. And, and there you go. And because you mentioned the uh, 19, 19- 99 playoffs where uh, Buffalo beat Boston. That was Mm -hmm. round one, right? Mm -hmm. I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a little bit angry at the, look, I wanted the Sabres to beat Boston, but I. Oh, your whole Providence thing. My whole Providence thing, because then all the players from Boston got sent down to Providence. They beat us in the, uh, uh, in the Calder Cup final, but you know, there was something. And from the early days of me playing against Providence and then playing against Boston, and then I remember we played them in the playoffs with the New York Rangers, the Rob Gronkowski story. Mm-hmm. But, like, I hated that team. Right. Hated that team. Even Claude Julien, who I like Claude Julien. Yes. Great guy. Yes. Like, when he was behind the bench in Boston, I'm like, Claude, I hate you. <laughs> you, you, like, I hate you. In New Jersey, Claude, you're a nice guy. In Montreal, Claude, you're a nice guy. In Boston, I hate you. Okay, well, I have to say this, and you know how much I care about the history of this team. I feel like I've never uttered this sentence before when discussing individual heroics against Boston. Mm -hmm. John Tucker had the greatest two-game stretch of any Sabre player in playoff history, arguably. And it's hard to argue. They were down 2-0 in the series. On April 9th of 1988, Tucker scores four times, and we're not talking token goals, Marty. He scored the third, the fourth, and the fifth to break away from a 2-2 game that ended up being a 6-2 win. On the very next night, April 10th, Tucker would score five points, including the overtime winner in a 6-5 decision. So he had nine points, six goals, an OT winner over a two-day stretch to get Buffalo back in the series. And then Darren Pupa was not good in game five. And Tom Barrasso was not good in game six. And Barrasso's career was done as a Sabre. Now he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And it just never happened for Barrasso and Pupa as Sabres in the playoffs. But 
you can never take away the greatness of John Tucker on those back-to-back. A, we almost never see back-to-back games, right, in the playoffs. So it is truly one of the most unique, historic, individual accomplishments in Buffalo Sabres history. Absolutely. You can't deny those numbers. And when you look at the video, um, you're right. There there were big goals. And then he gets a breakaway just only to get stoned by Andy Moog with the glove. And then he gets awarded a penalty shot. So he comes back and beats him 5-0. You know, it's funny to think because that was Andy Moog against John Tucker. And then it was Andy Moog again in 93, right? Like oh, he's yeah. been there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would assume that Andy Moog, Reggie Lemlin, these guys played a ton of games against the Sabres in the Adams division back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, could we do a little sidebar here before we go to break? Real quick. Like when, when you think of the Boston Bruins and you think of the Boston Garden or the TD Garden, What's one thing that you think about, and I hope you pick the same one I think about, and it may be something that aggravated fans, people in Boston seem to love him, people around the NHL seem to think he was awful. Mm, that's the anthem that, singer. R- Rene Rancourt, the I anthem know. singer in Boston, with his fist bump and his, you know, with, big, like, uh, delivery and yeah. all that. Like, well, look, he, he, he could not hold a tune i i i don't care the guy like it sounded like it was bad he could not hold pitch a tune whatever but he was entertaining and that was fun whenever he sang the anthem that was fun when you said going to boston and being annoyed the only thing i thought of was our broadcast location which was three by three with a camera and a cameraman and we had to sit on an edge of plexiglass for the entirety of our on-air moments (laughs) trust me we should have brought pillows all those years to make it a little bit more comfortable. And oh, like we one may of those or may not have makeshift like wood yeah. wood shelf that you sit on the glass so you can sit on wood so it's a yeah, bench. Yeah. Yeah. I was I I actually had fun with that camera guy the one year as I displayed my camera um ability Acumen. to move yeah, yeah. the camera around and uh, right. so and and look listen um we all know hockey players like to play soccer get warmed up before the game right yeah. all that I got a great soccer story that inc- that involves uh, Mr. Jacobs, Jeremy Jacobs' car uh, in the uh, in the back garage where you come up the ramp and whatnot. Uh, so maybe I'll tell that uh, when we come back. Just okay. Well, we're gonna have thirty seconds when we come back. So stay with us on Sabers <laughs> Live. <laughs> we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.